we live in a society that discourages ambitious women, that tends to make fun of ambitious women, and people tend to say ridiculous things like, oh, if you're so ambitious, if you're so successful, then it's intimidating, then you're going to be forever alone, then you'll never have a loving husband or boyfriend. And it's messages like that that really distract us and make us become fearful of shining bright in our own light of building our own business, of creating income streams, of becoming the shining star that we are, the shining diamond that we are. Welcome to the Early Retirement Advantage Podcast, where you will get weekly doses of inspiration to pursue financial freedom while caring for your mental health. After being diagnosed with several mental illnesses during the pandemic and getting fired soon after that, I decided to turn that into an opportunity to pursue FIRE, financial independent and retire early. If you're ready to kickstart your financial freedom journey while taking care of your mental health, you've come to the right place. You will learn the mindset and strategies to retire early from anything that no longer serves you. The narrative that people in the personal finance space like to talk about, people in the entrepreneurial space like to talk about, which is you have to choose between money and love. And especially when it comes from a female perspective, then people tend to say, oh, you can only choose to grow a boss, you know, start your own business, run your own business, become a multi six, seven figure entrepreneur, or you can become a spoiled girlfriend or a spoiled wifey. And I also bought into those lies when I was just starting my journey. And I used to just feel so torn between the two lives because I'm a very traditional woman. I don't want to be the breadwinner for my family. Like that's just not the vibe. <laughs> that is just not how I was brought up. That was not not how my family worked, like my own parents. That was just not the situation. Like my mom was not the uh, breadwinner. She was not the sole provider. Like sure, she made money, but my dad made more money and he uh, provided for our family. And so, you know, as a first generation immigrant coming from a Chinese family, that is what I'm attracted to. I'm attracted to provider men. But then I started college and I continued working in the U.S. And in the Western society, that seems to be like so taboo. And it almost seems like an unpopular opinion to to want to be provided for, to want to be spoiled. And so, you know, for a really long time, I was just struggling and picking and choosing between the two paths. Like, do I want to be a career woman, um, a financially independent woman, or do I want to find myself a provider man and be provided for? And so I was just like wasting so much time and energy battling between the seemingly separate paths, you know, the the seemingly separate decisions. And I'm like, oh, should I focus on, you know, looking cute and pretty and meeting a provider man, you know, attracting the right man? Or do I want to focus on building my business? And it wasn't until later on in my journey when I actually have a business and when I actually created a ton of social media content on personal finance on, I think that was before, yeah, before I created content on early retirement, I was already creating content on personal finance and different forms of investing, like dividend investing, value investing, uh, index fund investing. It wasn't until then when I realized that it is possible to have it all. You don't have to pick and choose. Just because you have a successful business, just because you made six, seven figures from your business does not prevent you from finding the right man. And if anything, having so much money actually helps you filter out toward the wrong people. Because you know what? I truly believe that the best way to be happy and fulfilled is to face your desires and admit to your deepest desires. Let them be taboo or dark or whatever. And for the longest time, I thought, having the desire to marry someone who provides for me is bad. <laughs> it's like evil. It's like sinful. It's like greedy. And I kept shaming myself into pretending that 
I want to be the breadwinner, that I want to be so freaking financially independent and not use a man's money, blah, blah, blah. Because that was like the mainstream thing that I saw around me. And it was just honestly looking back, it was just like not congruent because deep inside I wanted to be provided for. But on the outside, I'm like, you know what? I want to be financially independent. I don't need no man. I don't need no man's money. I don't need him to buy me anything. Uh, let's just go 50-50. And I tried that path and it was just so inconsistent with what I truly, truly wanted. And so um, I decided to let that go. I decided to just face my deepest desires and to go along with it. And so it wasn't until I met my husband, which was, I think, around three years ago. Yeah, I met my husband. Um, it wasn't until then when I'm like, hey, it is possible to have both money and love. And you don't have to pick and choose between having a business and having a family. And because it's my husband, you probably know that. Yes, I'm happily married. It's been two years since we were married. And this literally like broke my brain for a while because I was so brainwashed into thinking that you can only have money or love. You can only have a successful business or a successful marriage. You can only pick and choose. You cannot have it all. And so for the longest time, I was wasting so much time on debating which path should I take? Should I make myself look cute or should I make a lot of money? Should I spend a lot of time on my business or should I spend a lot of time on reading relationship books? And the answer that I've arrived at is you can have both. And yes, it is probably more time consuming than just doing one thing, but it is not double the time. And here's why. When I say it's more time consuming is because where you pay attention to, the energy flows and it grows where you pay attention to. So if you pay attention to your appearance, then you know, that part is going to inevitably improve. If you focus on fitness goals, then that part will inevitably improve. If you focus on your business, then of course your business is going to inevitably improve. And even if it's not in a short run, like in the long run, it is going to improve. Like that is just life. So yes, you do spend more time, but you don't spend double the amount of time. And so I think another misconception is that people think life is limited, like you only have so much time. So you have to choose one area to focus your attention to pay attention to. But in my opinion, family life and business life, they are so much more connected. And you also have to think about like, why do you want to make money in the first place? Like, I feel like a lot of people in the personal finance space, they tend to just get lost in the forest, in the weeds of making money. And they just forget about what they're doing this for. We're not making money to just make our bank accounts fatter. We're not making money to just make our net worth look more impressive. We are making money because we want to live better lives, because we want to improve the quality of our life, of our family's life. We want to be happier. We want to be more joyful. We want to have more freedom, time freedom, location freedom, freedom to hang out with who we want to hang out with. That is why we want to make money. And so why would we lose sight of that? And why would we sacrifice a family life for the sake of making money if family life is also one of our eventual goals? And if anything, family life for me is the more important goal. Like, I don't want to just be forever alone and make a ton of money, but also be forever alone and have no one to hang out with and just celebrate all holidays on my own. Like, that is not the vibe. I don't want to try myself to sleep every single night alone because uh, I made so much money, but I don't have friends and I don't have a family. Like, that's just not the life I envision myself to live in. And so... I think it's really important for you to also have that in mind. Like, why do you make money in the first place? And don't lose track of that. Don't get 
lost in the weeds of making money because a lot of people do and they're not happy. They're like miserable people with fat bank accounts, but they're so miserable. And so that's one thing. And another part of it is, did you know that I'm hosting a live event all about the shortcut to early retirement? Yes, it is called Hot Fire Summer and we're having it on the 30th this month, 5 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to sign up, you can simply DM me the word HFS, Hot Fire Summer, on IG at cherrytongue.co. And again, that is at cherrytongue.co. You can find a link to my Instagram in the description underneath this podcast episode. You also want to keep in mind that no matter if it's like your business or your family, like it all impacts you, like your mental health, your mental state. And when you have a supportive family, you can also thrive in your business more. You can also have more drive to so-called grow balls to be a successful entrepreneur because you have that backbone. You have that support system. You have the love and love is such a powerful, powerful thing. And also when you have money, it also helps you have a better family. And of course, you have to be intentional with it. It's not like, oh, when you have money, you magically just have a nice family life. No, you have to still spend time with your family, obviously. <laughs> you still have to nurture that relationship. But I think a lot of people tend to ignore that when you have the money, you can use that money to buy back your freedom. So you can actually have the capacity. You can actually have the freedom to spend more time with your family, which is the foundation of any relationship. Like if you don't spend time with the other person, how can that relationship blossom? You just can't. And so I think it's all connected and I find it very ridiculous now, you know, now looking back. And my old self in my early 20s, who's like, I can only uh, choose between girl bossing or having a loving relationship where I'm spoiled and provided for. Like, I just think about myself in my early 20s who had that kind of mindset. And I'm like, man, I just wish I can just like give her a hug and tell her that you can have both and you don't have to pick and choose. And you can stop wasting your time feeling guilty for having desires and having standards and you know, even if those standards are not mainstream, like, so what, this is your life, you get to choose how you want to live it. And I just want to really put this out there. And this is also another part of early retirement that I'm not sure if I have talked about yet, but I think a lot of people see early retirement as like, you want to focus on just like one way to retire early. And once you do that, you're done. But I'm personally not like that. Like, I did not grow up with money. And so I have a lot of insecurities around money, around um, financial independence. And so I want a lot of backup plans. So most people, they would just make enough money, hit their FI number and uh, retire. But after I hit my FI number, it actually took me maybe over a year for me to actually retire from corporate because I want a lot of backup plans. And so, yes, I hit my FI number. And yes, I also have rental properties that bring us income. And also, yes, my husband has the ability and the will to financially provide for both of us. And I also have a business that have the potential to sell products passively, even though I'm not currently selling any product because I just want to take a break because that feels more congruent. And so you can see that I have a lot of backup plans. I have a lot of, you know, A, B, C, D, E options. And that is part of how I manage my finances. And that is how a uh, part of how I feel financially comfortable and stable and secure enough to retire early from corporate. And also, of course, another backup plan is I can always go get a job like I have the skills to do so. I have a beautiful resume. 
<laughs> that can get me pretty much any job in the finance accounting industry. And so these are all the backup plans that I have. And this also goes back into the initial like having it all topic, which is stop thinking of everything as so like isolated. You don't have to think of yourself as just like alone on this battlefield and you're like the only one who cares about your well-being like it doesn't have to be like that and i also read this the other day from like this really cringy instagram ad that's like oh just disappear from the face of earth for three months and come back a new woman and everyone will respect you then and i just remember it's i am paraphrasing obviously because i don't have it right in front of me but I just find it so ridiculous because like who came up with these ridiculous ideas like why do you have to disappear why do you have to disconnect yourself from the world why do you have to be forever alone in order to be successful like I, I find that really ridiculous and of course there are people who have toxic relationships but having toxic relationship is not the reason for you to just cut off all contact with the rest of the world like you can cut off the toxic relationships and build healthier relationships like you don't have to be forever alone you don't have to not give an f about the world and disconnect yourself entirely in order for you to improve yourself like i just i don't get to why that's the rhetoric and i feel like that again also feeds into the whole like you can only choose one or the other you can only choose love or money you can only choose business or family you can only choose having money of your own or being provided for which like i don't think is true at all and of course there's also the false narrative that men in general are just like turned off by women who are financially independent or just turned off by women who have income or um by successful women which I also look at that and I'm like, sure, there are men who get turned off by successful women, but are those the ones you want to date? And when we talk about marriage and dating, it's not a quantity game. It's not about dating as many people as you can or marrying as many people as you can. At least that's not how I approach marriage and dating. It's about finding that one right person. And so why does it matter if like, let's say more men get intimidated by you because you're successful? If anything, I think it's a good thing because it filters out the people who are not right for you. And sure, I had that fear, too, because I was pretty much brainwashed by mainstream society that women should not be too intimidating because that will drive men away. But like in actuality, it is OK to be intimidating in quotes, like it's OK to be intimidating. It is OK to intimidate some men because that way it is a natural filter. You filter out the wrong ones so the right ones will stay in your life. And so I guess this whole episode, I just really want to drive this home, which is stop wasting your time picking and choosing and stop wasting your time thinking that you can only have one or the other and stop feeling so torn between the two because you can have it all. I am a living proof to having it all. You can DM me if you have any specific questions about this, because I feel like I have made so many mistakes when it comes to this topic and I have wasted so much time and energy. And I felt so terrible in the in-between because I didn't know that this is possible. I thought I had to pick and choose. I thought it's impossible to both be a successful business owner and, I guess, a spoiled wifey or whatever you call it, or a spoiled girlfriend, right? Like, I thought you had to pick and choose. And I thought running a business is just all masculine energy and it's all go, 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 taking action. And being in a relationship is just all, you know, passive receiving and feminine energy and flowy, which is just not true. Like in both scenarios, you need both masculine and feminine energy. And even though I'm no like relationship coach, I do want to mention this because everything's connected. And you probably know that my approach to personal finance has always been very holistic. 
I don't think you can just treat money as its like own individual thing that is cut off from the rest of your life. I think it's all connected. When you have a supportive family, when you have a supportive boyfriend, when you have a supportive husband, that helps you have the capacity to run a business or do whatever that you want to do. And when you have the money from your career, from your corporate job or from your business, that also helps you buy back your time and buy back your freedom and have the capacity to spend time fostering those relationships in your life. That includes those with your husband and your family and your friends. And so I just really want to drive this message home. And on top of that, I also want to I also want to say this message to you, which is stop feeling bad for having desires. I think we tend to live in a society that discourages ambitious women, that tends to make fun of ambitious women. And people tend to say ridiculous things like, oh, if you're so ambitious, if you're so successful, then it's intimidating, then you're going to be forever alone, then you'll never have a loving husband or boyfriend. And it's messages like that, that really distract us and make us become fearful of shining bright in our own light of building our own business, of creating income streams, of becoming the shining star that we are, the shining diamond that we are. And so instead of buying into these BS, I think it's important to accept us for who we are, including all our desires. And even if they're not mainstream desires, so what? When I started my entrepreneurship journey a couple of years ago, I did not think it was okay to have the desire to be provided for. I did not think it's okay to want to be spoiled by my husband. I did not think it was like just accepted in in society. And of course, a couple years have passed. Now people seem to be more okay with a soft life, with the provided for life. But back then it was very taboo. And I had to accept myself for who I am, for all my desires in order to get here to where I, where I'm at today. And if I did not accept my desires, I'm just guessing I would probably still be in a very toxic relationship being with people who try to take advantage of me, being with people who try to make me feel bad because I intimidate them because I've been in those situations and it's just not pretty. And life does not have to be that way. But the first step is for you to love all of you and accept all of you, including those parts that you might be ashamed of or embarrassed by. And just know that if it's your desire, then they're legit. You don't have to follow what society says, you know, the standards that you should have. Like that's bogus. Your standards are your standards. If you want to be provided for, then that is your standard. Don't change it to conform with what society wants you to do. If you have certain criteria for your dream man, then keep them. Like if you want a man who is a successful entrepreneur, then keep that. If you want a man who has multiple real estate, then keep that criteria. Like don't let society shame you into changing your standards because that is just, I think it's just ridiculous and it's not necessary. And always keep in mind that you deserve what you desire. If you have that desire, then you deserve it. And all you need to do is to use the famous line from improv, which is yes and. So you say yes to your desires and you do the things that are required to get there. And that's it. You don't have to shame yourself out of it. You don't have to hide your desires from others. You don't have to pretend that you're not that person who has those desires. Like I've done all the above. Like I 
have intentionally dated men who are just, you know, 50-50 men who are just like, I split everything with you down in the middle because that is just how I work. (laughs) I've dated men like that. I've also dated men who are like intimidated by my success and they just like lie to my face and say that like, what is the big deal with you having a job at a big four accounting firm and having a USC degree is probably just all fake, even though like they know it's not fake and I know it's not fake, but they just like emotionally manipulate me and make me feel bad for the accomplishments that I have. So You know, I've tried all that and I realized that I could have avoided all those miseries if I just accepted myself for who I am, not change my standards, stick to my standards and just allow myself to be bold and courageous about telling the universe what I want, what I deserve. And when I met my husband, I think that was my least pretentious time. Like, I think I was just like so done with pretending to be someone I'm not. Before, I would like pretend that I'm not that high maintenance and I don't really like that much expensive stuff and I'm okay with splitting the bill all the time. And I care about, you know, being seen as a financially independent woman. But honestly, I don't really care about all the above. Those are not real. Those are not authentic. And I'm just saying it because I thought that's what I have to say to be accepted. But when I met my husband, I was very clear that I like expensive things. And I also love money. I love making money. I love investing money. I love personal finance. And I also like spending money. And it was so like taboo, or I thought it was so taboo at the time. But honestly, I was just so tired of pretending. So I was just like, this is what I am, or this is who I am. And this is what you're dealing with. And we started off as friends, too. And so there's even like less of that, like pretending. I feel like I can be more real with friends at the time. Um, I felt like I could be more real with friends than with like potential dating, I guess, potentials. <laughs> People who have the potential to date me or date each other. I don't even know how to say it, but I just feel like I can be more real with friends than with dates. And so because I started off as friends with my husband, I was just like very blunt, very honest. I did not hide any part of myself. I was just like being my 100% authentic self and Yeah, that's how it happened. And this is the healthiest relationship I've ever been in. I've never been in a relationship where I really feel like I can be my true self and tell him my needs and tell him my desires and tell him that I like expensive things and tell him that I enjoy being pampered and provided for and spoiled. Like I've never felt so comfortable in my own skin. I've never felt so comfortable with my own desires. But I think it's because in the beginning, I was very upfront with what desires I have, who I am, what kind of life I want. And so I successfully, I guess, filtered out the people who are not right, which I guess looking back, I didn't really filter out anyone because the first time I really like opened up myself and became like super honest was with my husband. So I guess it's like just I opened up to one guy and he became my husband. So it's really magical looking back. But I just still remember because I listened to a podcast episode today and it was of a girl who is talking about how she finds it really difficult to balance between, you know, the girl bossing and the finding a provider man. And, you know, it just reminded me of my past and the dark days where I'm just super ashamed of having those desires of wanting to be provided for, of, you know, wanting to find a rich guy. Like, I was just so ashamed. And even though, like, there are many things that, I guess, prove that I'm not materialistic, (laughs) I I just like jump into the rabbit hole of trying to prove myself that I'm not materialistic because 
look, I have a job. Look, I have six figure income. Look, I have my own house. Look, I have this and that. And, you know, I just keep jumping into these like proving myself vicious cycles. But now I look at it and I'm like, there is no need to prove myself. And like, so what if people think I'm materialistic? Like, sure, I am. So what? And there's no reason for me to change people's minds. If people think negatively of me, then they think negatively of me. And that's on them. That's not on me. And if materialism is like so bad for them, that's still on them. That's not for me. I think I'm materialistic. I think I like material stuff. And I also think that this is not the only important part of my life. And I think it is okay. It is all okay. And it is okay to marry someone who has money. And it's also okay for yourself to like being provided for and spoiled and, you know, having a above average standard of living like that is all OK. And so, you know, going back to, I guess, the subject of the video, because I have ADHD, so my brain is like going places, <laughs> going back to the beginning topic, which is having it all. I just want to say that it's OK to have it all. It's possible to have it all. Don't shame yourself for having these strong desires. And if anything, use the power from your desires to create the life that you want. And sometimes maybe you just need to be tired of pretending. I think that's how I ended up in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in, which is I just got tired of pretending. I just got tired of faking it. And I just decided that this is who I am. And here you go. And if people don't like me, they can just go away. <laughs> it is not my job to please people. It's not my job to make people happy. It is not my job to make people like me. My only job is just to be me, authentically me. And this is one of the notes in front of my computer that I just always like to remind myself with because as a first generation Chinese immigrant who spent a big part of her life outside of the Western world um, in Hong Kong and Shanghai, like with my background, I feel like I've been really taught to people please. I've really been taught to be liked, you know, like you need to hide all your thorns in order to be liked, in order to be accepted. But now that I have retired from corporate and now that I am rebuilding my identity, who I am outside of my nine to five job, I am really starting to allow my true self to shine and be okay with being authentic, be okay with being me and be okay with my desires and also helping more people to be okay with being themselves and not just okay, but also celebrate being them and love all of them and accept all of them and face all their desires and allow those desires to hold them towards the life that they really want. Share this episode with anyone you think can benefit from it. Thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, be sure to share it with me by leaving a review or taking a screenshot of this episode tagging me at cherrytongue.co and sharing it on Instagram where I'm most active. I can't wait to connect with you. In the meantime, go out there and seek your freedom.